All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 130 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. Lots, lots to catch up on. I'm uh, I'm down on the island right now, which is nice. But how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Um, we had uh, Ryan's 18th birthday. You know, uh, awesome. this past Saturday, and he uh, you know he came down. And he's like, oh, I can vote. I'm like, well, you can enlist now too. You know, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, in the Marines, great. But uh, no, it's it's kind of a cool uh, milestone for that birthday. And, my in-laws' fiftieth wedding anniversary was uh, the same day, so um, you know, threw a, a big party. Uh, my father-in-law, Jeff, Big Jeff, threw a, a nice little party, and um, it was pretty cool because uh, Courtney, her brother, and her sister came up with a little song. You know, it was the, the sound of music, uh, some mm. of my favorite things. But like, two, you know, like they made up the lyrics for you know their mom and dad, and they got out there and sang it. It was it was actually really well done. It was. A lot of fun. Um, got to see a lot of good people and you know, you know, friends of theirs that I've known a long time, and um, just had a great time. And and Rye Guy had some of his buddies here, and so it was a, a nice little weekend, uh, you know, all around. Oh, that's great! Fantastic! Happy birthday to the Rye Guy, and happy anniversary uh, to the in-laws. That's uh, that's fantastic, and what a feat! And and as we record this, today is my fifteenth wedding anniversary. So happy. Anniversary, anniversary to Joanna. I gotta I gotta give her a little shout out and can't believe that it's you know 15 years of marriage and, and over 20 years of uh you know just absolute pure happiness dealing with me on a daily <laughs> basis. So yeah, uh, uh, I guess she's a she's a special one if she's uh she's survived this long. Oh yeah. No, happy anniversary, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, hey, any island living down there, you get any, any big plans? Yeah, so so far so good. We came down uh, end of last week. Keith, um, Keith and Kristen actually were had to go back to to Boston for a couple of days for uh, Kevin Hayes's uh, Kevin's wedding. So they um, they you know like I said they they were home. So we came down. It was a great, nice, relaxing weekend. Uh, got to spend a ton of time with just Joanna and. The kids and, and and Keith's daughters, which you know they live most of the year in Florida, so it was really special to to just get together and be with them. And um, you know Keith obviously as a as a new house over here in Nantucket, so that's really cool. And now we're um, you know on on year one of the Y3K Yandel Hockey Camp um, over here on the island, Nantucket Ice Rink. A uh, couple fun facts. I would put it up against any top snack bar in the country really ring steak they have a chinese food takeout service at the snack bar like it's it's if you want to get chinese food on the island of nantucket you you get you come pick it up at the rink (laughs) i'm telling you that's pretty interesting it's unbelievable like Colin got chicken fingers and french fries yesterday and i'm like looking at them and i'm like those smell like chinese food chicken fingers he took a bite like you know how the the chinese food chicken fingers you take a bite and you batter yeah yeah you get the batter and the whole piece of chicken is basically still there and all it is is steam because it's so hot like it it, you know duck sauce sweet and sour and then we ended up um kevin hayes actually came down for the night so so last night we were at a, a establishment having a cold uh beverage and we were 
just got to talking. Oh, we're doing a hockey camp, yada, yada, yada. And, and this older lady was like, oh, I was actually just at dinner. And my parents were just talking about how good the Chinese food is at that rink. And I and Kevin didn't believe Keith and I. He thought we were just like joking it up, telling one of our like white lies. And uh, so it, it it's cool, really cool, great place. Um, Will and Brian at the rink been taking really good care of us, and uh, it's been fun. There's a there's a, a good amount of kids, some local kids um here that play on the island and then a lot of people that are you know we got a kid from ottawa kids from st louis which was obviously a highlight to have kevin down here and, and taking pitches um kids from nashville uh, really like all over the families from connecticut new york obviously the boston area it, so it's it, it's a great mix and we're on the ice for like three hours in the morning and it really cool to uh to be out there with keith every day and and my kids and jerry buckley's son danny's down uh, he's helping us out on the ice and off the ice, and so it, it, it it's been a, uh, a a success to start, uh, you know, for year number one. And I'm still we're still holding out hope um, that that mozzarella sticks is going to make it over, maybe for Friday. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a real good possibility. I, I mean, I could maybe even get in a little rowboat, you know, and and get over there um, <laughs> and get a little workout in before. But um, yeah, that's that could be in the mix. You know, come in and uh, you know just shed some uh, some knowledge and and then have a time. That'll be awesome. Yeah, and I mean now you know you get a solid Chinese food meal that you can come and eat at the rink too. So we'll provide you lunch. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I, I, I did um, I did want to say a congratulations to Jack McDonald. Um, he made the NCDC uh, South Shore Kings team. So on Great. Sunday, I went down with a couple of my uncles and my cousin, uh, who's actually cousins with his dad, Daniel uh, McDonald, and was able to meet his wife, Tara, and uh, their daughter, Kennedy, as well. They came down from Anakin Nash, Nova Scotia, and he was, uh, you know, trying out and, you know, just the, the process, you know, you have to make it through. And then they, they took two teams to Wayne, New Jersey to play against some other uh, junior team, you know, like the mm -hmm. whole trial process. But was really uh, excited to get down there and see him and, you know, and, and for him to make the team, he's going to be billeting in the area. So we're going to have to have him, have him down uh, for a couple of good home cooked meals. But um, it was great to meet those guys. A big uh, congrats to Jack. He's a good player looking to play college hockey. And you know, from what I saw, he was, he was making the right plays at the right time, moving pucks. And um, I'm just excited to catch some of his games as well. And, you know, Ryan's split season team will be playing out of there um, in Foxborough, mm. so I'll be able to uh, catch some of his practices and games as well. So I'm I'm pumped for him, and uh, you know, if I ever make it up to um, Nova Scotia with the family, we can pop in and say hello to the family up there as well. No, oh, that's great, awesome, congratulations, Jack, and uh, that's great stuff. It's good to see you know tryout time going on and people getting ready for next season, and nice to you know for you to go down there and support those guys um it's awesome great 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 stuff and like you said you know the hockey world right it's it, we're in the off season kind of downtime so there's not a ton of like nhl or college news and things like that i know schedules for hockey east have just gotten released which is uh which is always exciting and i know the rest of the college hockey is uh you know that all those schedules are coming out so it's really good but um you know it's it, it it's just being on the ice right now for a week it like you, you get the motor going a little bit, right? You're starting to kind of feel it. I'm like, all right, like 
Hockey season's not too far away. It's nice when you can walk outside and throw the flip-flops on mm-hmm. um, and let the dogs breathe after being cooped up for a couple hours, right? But it's a uh, it's cool. So I get a, a good skate uh, in the mornings, Tuesday, Thursdays, with some high-end prep school junior guys, some um, some college players. And it's great to <clears throat> just get out there and be able to run a you know a quality skate, you know, good up-tempo drills, two-on-ones, three-on-twos. And then the game gets pretty competitive, you know, one-minute shifts. Um, but it does get you when you get out on the ice. It gets you going again. And, you know, I'm excited for the upcoming uh, season. And, you know, Ryan's team's just going to uh, start getting together for some skills and a couple early practices. And uh, I'm pumped for that. Yeah. No, it was good. Last week I was actually on the ice with my 2011s, little summarized. There was only a handful of guys there. I actually do have to give a big shout-out a couple of my uh, – my boys that I coach on the t- on my 11 team, my 2011 team, uh, qualifying for states and districts and all that stuff for for baseball right now. The Canton team, where we have three of the boys on the on on the Canton uh, 12U baseball team, and then there was a battle between Braintree and Milton, which Milton ended up winning. So it was uh, you know it's it, it's cool to see these kids battling it out in the districts against their teammates and making their friendships and also being. Um, you know, multi-sport athletes, which I think is great. Uh, and you know, it, it, it's just uh, exciting to get back on the ice. But these guys are fired up. They're dialed in a baseball season right now, which is uh, which is incredible. Yeah, it's that time of year. And, you know, the transition back to hockey is, like, usually starts, you know, it, it's earlier and earlier. But, you know, you're supplementing throughout the season, uh, the summer, and then get ramped up, ready to go for the um the season, the grind, the grind the begins. Grind. Exactly, exactly. Well, um, speaking of, uh, you know, multi-sports and just multifaceted companies, Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Uh, obviously, Franklin and, you know, hey, baseball, we were just talking about it, outdoor sports, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I um, – I'm signed up for tomorrow night. I'm gonna make my uh, debut in the the uh, softball, the men's softball oh, uh, normal uh, league. My boy uh, Scott Mutrin, Mike mm-hmm. Yurk, Josh Schneider. There's you know the the PG Panthers, right? So I'm pumped. Yep. I might need a new glove. Um, my my glove has been with me since say before high school. So mm. um, I get That's some static about it. I restrung it with some some hockey laces, and I get I get some static from uh, mute about it. But uh, I'm excited to get out there, and uh, but I'm gonna have to make a trip over to Franklin. And see, yeah, see you do. I, it's it's probably time to upgrade the the mitt after thirty what, years. Thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it might be that time. Um, and and I know one of uh, you were just talking about. Scott Muchin, one of his boys, uh, I, I believe, just made the at the 07 level. I saw it um, the the U.S. Five team, right? Yeah, uh, Five Nations tournament. Yeah, Five Nations Cup. Exactly. That's what I was yeah, trying to think of. Um, I saw the roster posted. Yeah, Teddy Mutrin, really good player, plays at Saint Sebastian's uh, along with his brother Casey. And mm-hmm. Teddy's a, a big, strong power forward. So congrats to him. Hopefully, he has uh, some success there. And and take it on uh, into the season. Not too much success against there, but um, you know, right. I'm just uh, you know, we wish him the best. Good kid, good player, good family. Exactly. 
Great family. Great family. Well, we have a little bit of a, uh, you know, a different guest this week compared to our norm. This, this is, which Mott's like, I love this interview. Um, Mark Roberge from, from OAR, uh, which, you know, a lot of the parents listening probably grew up listening to Mark and he's still doing it 20 some odd years later. Uh, but great guy. And he's a hockey dad. Great guy. Local guy as my, uh, as my kids like to say now, that's like the new thing. Great but, guy, um, local guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great guy, local guy. And uh they got Keith going on it all all, all week down here in Nantucket. So uh but you know, it, it, great interview with Mark. Uh hopefully everybody really enjoys it. Um, but before we get to the interview, I want to talk about TSR hockey. TSR is located in tax free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can get all your equipment needs. TSR stocks team apparel, CCM Bauer, and does everything in house. All their embroidering, all their printing. Uh, you can call the store 603 912 5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, they'll take care of you. Uh, interesting story about TSR. Actually, you want to talk about coming through in a pinch. You know, for the camp down here, we we, we used a different vendor just because of Nantucket and, and things like that. There were some issues getting the jerseys. I called up TSR. They didn't have the, the Y3K logo uh, in stock, but they, they were able to order it in a pinch. And I'm talking in like a day. They printed a bunch of Rink Shrinks jerseys. They had uh, Luckily, they had our logos through the Rink Shrinks jerseys, logos on number three in the back, got them shipped over. So everybody looked great on day one of camp. And then they took over and actually got some, um, you know, they, they, they got the Y3K logos. I sent them the images and, and they set up the digital printers and they knocked those out of the park, got them shipped over to the island here. And, uh, and, and uh, but that's the type of service that you're going to get with TSR hockey. Uh, that's a great story. Good stuff. Um, those and guys. it was a good little, you know, it was good publicity for the ring shrinks for, you know, a day of camp. We had the shrinks. <laughs> Shirts on too, so I'm like, I'm I'm doing a little cross promotion here. I love it. it you know, you're wearing a lot of different hats. But yeah, exactly. the boys at TSR are hockey. Catching up to you with jobs, <laughs> Mr. Clean too. Uh, yeah, make sure you visit them at tsrhockey.com. Check out their selection and and obviously what you just said, by they will service all your needs there and uh, take care of you. So make sure you check them out. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're great guys. And like I said, I think uh, everybody's going to enjoy this interview with Mark. And now time for the interview. All right, and our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast is a little bit not not a traditional NHL guest, but he's certainly familiar with a, a lot of NHL players. Uh, he's in a, a great band for over 20 years now, OAR of a revolution, Mark Roberge. He's also a, a hockey dad a hockey player uh we've skated together so it's really you know yeah he's 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 laughing as i say hockey player but we are pumped to have you join us and um welcome to the rink shrinks podcast mark roberge it is great to be here boys i uh i love your program i i use it often and being a youth hockey dad so i i appreciate what y'all do thanks for having me yeah it's great to have you on Love your music. I love music in general and, you know, having the, the hockey aspect and, you know, um, you know, the crossovers, everyone's listening to music and, you know, killing time on bus rides. And I get some good stories for for uh, OAR uh, listeners, first time listeners back when I was in um, uh, training camp with the New York Rangers. So it was a couple of Swedes, uh, Michael Samuelson and Johan Holmquist. And I had uh, crazy game of poker on in there. Just I was driving them to and from the rink. They didn't have a car. 
and they just it was on repeat they just loved it it was just unbelievable like you know like new to their ears you know and uh yeah it got a lot of air time during a 2001 training camp with the swedes so it was great which is the greatest compliment you can tell a musician because you know i mean it's no secret all all musicians want to be uh in training camp <laughs> they all want to you know we all want to be athletes so when someone says oh your songs in the locker room or you catch any of that that's a high compliment so thank you man that's cool yeah that's great oh that's that's awesome mark speaking of locker rooms i mean we met obviously through my brother keith you and him uh you know, connected down in in new york i think it was uh, i think it was a funny story too right you're both kind of looking at each other like who is this dude right so i would notice you know as i'm taking one of my kids to this uh you know school you know pre pre whatever it was you know they're playing games and stuff uh and i noticed this dude coming and going kind of like me you know hat down all business get the kid there and get out as quick as possible and get home and and i was like i think i like I'm a, i want to be friends with that dude you know <laughs> I, you know when you see somebody who's just kind of like doing their own thing and they're not like the other dads, you know, you can just, you say like, oh, as a traveling musician, you're just like, I think he does something like that. I don't know why, right? right? And the, the dots started to connect. It took me a while, because I had another uh, friend, uh, Tanner Glass, amazing guy, was doing the same thing. And so it just started to all connect in the neighborhood and I, I just put it all together. Um, so the, these folks were just, you know, neighbors at, at, at this point. Um, but again, you kind of notice, and, and again, what draws me to, you know, teams and things of that nature is just a certain way of operating. And Keith has that certain way of operating. And uh, he seemed like a pretty cool dude. So I was like, I, I think I'll, I'll get along with that guy. And eventually we did. And then I found out he's like the funniest guy on the face of the earth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was all business, but then he, he just like opened up into the funniest dude ever. So it turned out real great. No, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, the, I I remember the uh, the the quick drop offs at like preschool or you know whatever it was, and you you just you know kind of scanning. You know you don't want to get caught talking you know shop with anyone too much, but it was like you know I met some really good people uh, along the way as well. But it's funny how you kind of just identify and like water seeks its own level. You know. So oh yeah, uh, I mean in great. an airport, for instance, if I'm walking through baggage claim and from a mile away I see somebody. I'll know they're a crew member of a band, mm, like right. a million miles away. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they're sixty-five or twenty-five or whatever. It's just you can just tell, and I guarantee you that you guys—they don't need bags and sticks and all that—but you guys can spot hockey players from a mile away. I imagine, you know. Mm, yeah, sure. usually they have scars on their face or a crooked nose like mine or something too, <laughs> or a and also, probably good hair, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well. Uh, I want to talk about, um, you know, I, I want to talk about hockey, but I also want to talk about, you know, you and the band and things like that. Cause I think there's so much crossover, especially with the team aspect of you and your band. Um, you know, your story, obviously you guys grew up in the DC area and then you made the decision. Was it all of you to go to college together at Ohio state? Um, it was like, like how did the admission process work out? And, and it, like, I, I just find that so interesting. 
you wouldn't believe it. I mean, we started out in the neighborhood. We call ourselves like the Goonies of rock and roll. We mm. were riding our bikes to the drummer's house, ghost riding them into the front yard, <laughs> practicing in the basement. The eighth grade talent show was our first show. You know, second or third show was the lunchroom. You're playing original music to a high school lunchroom. Brutal. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely brutal. I'm like, oh, check out this next one I wrote in my mom's room, you know, and it was that kind of like team thing. We had each other. And so that grew. And by the time we were seniors in high school, we had put out uh, records, CDs, and we're selling them everywhere. Things were happening. We said, look, we need to go to the biggest school we can possibly go to with the most bars because that's what we want to do. And we looked at Ohio State and Texas. We got into Ohio State. Two of us signed up immediately. Uh, one of our guys was at, going to a local uh, community college, and we said, you got to transfer. And then another guy was in a year behind us, said, you got to go to Ohio State. So everyone did it. We all met up there and started our journey of going to school during the week. And on weekends, Napster was popping off like crazy for us. Mm, it was a yes. huge thing for us. We were so young and naive, we didn't really know what that meant. We just knew we should follow up. We would pick places we knew it was going and happening. And we would go there on weekends, Nevada, Arizona, and build these fan bases. And everyone knew the the words. So like we, we started off together in eighth grade. We made all decisions together for going to college. And then when a couple of us graduated, we all left together again and jumped on tour five days later with Kid Rock. And it was like, we're doing this and we're all in and we've been together ever since same members. We've added members. The yeah. newest members been with us for 12 years. So it's like we we think of it as a collective. Uh, we're in it for for life type thing. It's a, the team aspect, like you mentioned, is so important when you're making life decisions. You have to trust that everyone's in on it. So long story short, it was a series of decisions made for the greater good of, of we're going to chase this thing down only because we've had success. We'd seen that people were into it, you know, how it unreal was it being on tour as a fresh out of college kid with kid rock? <laughs> so that was insane. It was our first tour bus. We get out there. It's music midtown, uh, whatever the big one in Memphis, Beale street, big festivals. He's playing, He's headlining. We're we're tagged along. We're playing like right before him. I don't know. I, the same guy signed us. So that's why, how that happened. Mm -hmm. And I, man, I'm telling you, put it this way. This is a family show. On stage was the craziest things you, that you've ever seen. So then backstage was just like a whole other ball game. And we had a great time. I mean, at that show, like John Mayer came up and he was like playing guitar with us. It was just those days when people were very much playing around on each other's worlds. It was all new to us. I'll never forget it. We learned a lot. And then we collect those things and, and we started to tour on our own. And every time we got around a superstar, we'd, we'd make sure we took away something. So from Bob, like from Kid Rock, it was like showmanship, you know, Cheryl mm -hmm. uh, Crow, it was be nice and be just be nice, like in general. Yeah, be a good person. Yeah. She's just like the greatest. And, you know, fast forward 25 years now we're working together on stuff. And it's like, wow, you know, you can learn from these folks if you just sit back and understand you don't know anything. 
So that that's what it was like. It was a learning experience, but way like the most fun learning experience you could ever have as a 21 year old, you know, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah and and I, I really enjoy how you kind of <clears throat> collectively grew your brand organically, right? Like you guys trusted on what you didn't really say sign with anyone right away and you just get out, get out and tour and, you know, build that fan base organically. So when you do come around to some of these bigger shows, it must have just been, wow, like this, we're doing the right things. And you, you gain confidence that way. And, you know, and probably shows in your writing and kind of, you know, brings you guys even closer together because you, you know, believe in yourself, you believe in each other, and then you see the results. Uh, that's exactly right. I mean, we were at the point where we're doing, I still have it, these notebooks. It was called our sales rep program. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Our parents were all teachers and stuff. So we were just very organized people. And the sales rep program was because we knew folks from our area were going away to college. Some people went to University of Maryland, but most people went away. And we would give them a box of CDs. I'd say, listen, get it to your dorm. If you can sell them, awesome. Give me 250 bucks for 25 CDs, sell them for whatever you want. If you can't sell them, just get me an email address and give it to them. And we built up an email list. I have the most .edu emails in America. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they work anymore, but we have them. <laughs> and, uh, and we just built that up and went back and, and just serviced those folks. And just, made, look, it's not that um, hard. A lot of people think you, they want to be famous. They want to go to the NHL, but they don't want to go spend 12 years uh, learning how to skate or how, you know, right? So yeah, for us... Right. We wanted to do the the work so that when something happened, it wasn't that no one could ever say they got lucky or or we did get it. But you know what I mean? No one could ever say we didn't earn it. Mm -hmm. Right. We just push that in everything we did. I mean, it's it's like building got to build that foundation. Folks forget to do that. And then they wonder why when the popularity thing goes away, which it does, it comes and goes. Uh, then it's that's really hard, you know to build again. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, it, it really is cool. I want to talk about like you, you brought up your parents and being teachers and things like that, but was it ever like, where, where, where did they stand in this whole thing? Like you said, eighth grade talent shows, cafeterias, were they ever like, you know, Mark, you need to be going and focusing on your education and things like that. Cause I really do relate this to the hockey world, right? Like everybody's like, oh, you know, whatever my kid's going to play in the NHL my kid's going to be a you know lead singer in a band who's made you know been around for 25 plus years like I just think there's so much crossover we had some moments one Thanksgiving which I know that y'all have had these awkward Thanksgiving <laughs> conversations about the future we're sitting at the table I'm in college at this point and I decide that that's the moment where I go ma um I'm leaving school, we're going on the road, and I point to my brother across the table. I say, and he's managing us, and it's and he's telling me to do this. <laughs> and so that threw him, him right under the bus. <laughs> that was a night from hell. But that was the only night from hell. Aside from that, my folks were so supportive of the, again, the Goonies type thing. We just had our friends we just stuck with each other. We had tragedies happen within our friend group at a very young age that mm. 
I think our parents were so impressed with the way we banded together and worked through these real major things that they didn't really mess with us. They, in fact, they supported us. I mean, our drummer's father was worked at the music store, so he was constantly helping us. He got, he bought us our first PA or my dad was our first lawyer. Um, and his, and he, and he said, I can't, I I don't want to do this. Basically he said, I'll do your first LLC or whatever it is, but I'll, I don't want to be involved because, you know, that me, my brother managing my dad, a lawyer, you can see that could be messy. So they were always, I think, just supportive. I got to be honest. It was crazy. We weren't I was playing sports. I was going to school. I was doing what I was supposed to do. And so were all the band members. We weren't pushing it. We just really wanted to be part of this thing. And they were in on it. And man, when we play at the biker bar on Thursday nights in high school, parents were there, the bikers were there, our teachers came. I mean, this is the 90s, man, where I'm not naming any names, but you know, everyone's partying, everyone's having a great time, everyone's in on it. It was like the Simpsons or something, like everyone in the town (laughs) was in on it. So to answer you, I didn't, we only had one or two little awkward nights, um, conversations, but again, we're about like if you're gonna do something do it if you say you're gonna do it do it our parents just made us have jobs when we were 14. they did a good job yeah clearly yeah. And, you know i i like i talked about having that foundation before you know putting things before you know the foundation and you guys worked you know all the way up to be able to sustain you know the ups and downs and you know the difficulties and that is like a crossover for what we talk about a lot, you know, like skating and skills and being a student of the game and really just encompassing your whole being to be the best player you can be at that time. Don't overlook it. You know, don't look into the future, stay in the present and keep, you know, kind of putting the work in. And that just seems like what you guys did as a group. Um, could, could you talk about how you got into hockey or was it your kids that kind of got you into hockey or were you always a, a fan of, of the game in particular? So growing up in D.C. area, we had the Cap Center and my dad worked for uh, a firm that had two seats on the glass. And he would my favorite memories are him saying on a Tuesday, you want to go to a game and we would go and we'd go to the Friday night games, too. But the, the Tuesdays, for some reason, I always thought, wow, this is really cool. This guy's taking me on a school night, you know. And so these are the years of. Right after Rod Langway, you know, it's it's getting real interesting in Washington. You know, a lot of fun players. I I saw a guy, a small guy, Dino Cicerelli coming through and I'm like, okay, I'm cheering for small guys. You know what I mean? And like I really got into the the grid of it. Right. I I loved being up close and seeing I love anyone professional doing their job. I like to be front row and, and see what's going on. And so that was my first thing. And we had a great friend who was an amazing hockey player growing up. We play in the street and stuff. But I was a pretty serious wrestler coming up. That was that was in lacrosse. That was like a thing in Maryland. Right. And so I could never do what he did. I couldn't get up at five in the morning and go get ice time. And it always impressed me. I just something about it. He ended up in the military. He always had that drive. So the years went on. I was a fan of the of the game. And then I went into rock and roll and really just delved in there for a decade. Um, and then when I had kids and he started to show interest in hockey, 
we started to meet these amazing players and be able to go to games and start to see the development in youth hockey with my kid, then I really just, the respect level, then it started to open up something in me where I was like, oh, now I'm going to try to play. <laughs> and that, that was just a pipe dream. Uh, <laughs> and one time some they, that I played with BY, on, uh, they invited me to play. I remember sitting in the studio and Feidelberg, he goes, hey, you play hockey? And my answer was, yeah, because I played street hockey and I didn't know what he meant. Wow. I showed up to this event and you guys are skating around like that. I have never felt more out of place in my life. That and singing the national anthem with no lyrics like on a, on a board was the worst feeling in the world. So after that experience, when being on the ice and seeing how it really is, I said, all right, you know what? I, I need to like take a step back here and just go to a coach and, and say, I've never played hockey before. Teach me how to skate 101. Hmm. And so having done that process four or five months, Prior to the next event, I just felt a little bit better about it and it became more interesting. And what then really opened up was the way I looked at youth hockey. For a long time, I would text Tanner. Uh, I'd be sitting in the back row at, uh, at the, the rink watching all the kids and I'd see the dads up on the glass yelling between, <laughs> banging on the glass. And I text Tanner. I'm like, hey, man, should I be doing what they're doing or should I be doing what I'm doing? He's like, do what you're doing. Yeah, you do you. you. You don't know how to skate. You don't know how to play hockey. You think your son wants to hear you tell him to skate and get back. <laughs> da, 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 da. So it, it really all started to connect for me that if I wanted to have this connection with uh, my son, I wanted to kind of enjoy hockey again, like I did. I would need to kind of like put in a little work here and, you know, look, you can't just, you can't just yell at the ice as, as a dad. I just don't know. I, you guys know much better than me, but that just seems really backwards to me. And so that's what I did. And it's been an amazing journey. I'm, I'm uh, learning a game that I love and it's getting better every day and it's freaking amazing. But I think my son and I have really grown closer. We got to play in a charity game together, which was my entire goal of building a whole charity game just so I could play with him. Um, was that Hudson? Yeah, Hudson. He, he was like, am I going to be on your line? And I'm like, uh, I, I was a loaded question. I think he was saying like, <laughs> I'll be on another line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't, we skated together for a second. But um, so that's my story. I mean, the thing is, the sport has always been my favorite hands down best arena sport there is i don't care you can make that argument all day but being a fan of it and then really wanting to kind of get in the get out there has been has been the next step i've loved every minute of it it's an amazing sport i mean in every way i uh i wanted to bring up the charity event the crazy game of hockey uh out in minnesota and i mean i also have a little bit of a bone to pick i can't believe that that none of us got the look to go out there we would have been all over it Keith, Daisy, and I were talking about it last night. I'm like, we could have, we would have been there in a second. Brian, I, okay, I'm going to back up here. I leave that bar school thing. I'm terrified. I'm just thinking like, this is a lot more serious than I thought it was. So when the idea came up for Crazy Game of Hockey about, you know, 10 months ago, 
I thought to myself, and I told Keith this the other night, I just thought, you know, I, I don't know the culture yet of, I know the music culture, like, hey man, you wanna come jam? Hey, can you sit in on my set? Hey, can I open for you? Like, I know how that all works down right. to the, uh, everything about it. But I don't know anything about how charity games work. And they, so in my brain, I was thinking, all right, these guys, it's July. The last thing they wanna do is go skate Da, 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 da. And I just, I specifically was like, you know what, I'm going to do this thing and I'm not going to be involved with any of the hockey players. I'm just going to basically try to bring in musicians and things that I know. But then as it got closer and I saw how legit and how great this thing was building up to be, and it was getting bigger and better and better and better, it dawned on me like a kick in the face. Like, why isn't, why isn't this Kevin, Brady, Jimmy, Brian, Keith, like, how crazy like how crazy would that be right so i think knowing now that you guys are okay with that but do, would you understand that though that that yeah, it's kind yeah. of like, i got my friends if i'm asking them this are they then going oh geez now i gotta go out and do this thing july set you know so that's that's right. was new to me but now i kind of understand that this is fun for you guys yeah, right. i saw the lineups there's some some really good players out there um on both sides you know, like well, Corey, Corey weighted his his team quite yeah, a bit. I could see that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, man, yeah. I think I was like on tour when they did the draft, and he's like, "I got this. Don't worry." <laughs> oh, but that's we great. Out. We went over time, went to a shootout. It was pretty great. That's awesome. And who, okay, so wait, who on record? So you're saying that if if I obviously hypothetically um, had a date for another one next year, bigger and better. That we could get get the the boys together and 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 make it special, I think. Oh, absolutely, I think we can confirm that. Yeah, that, that's confirmed. Wow, it's on record. Wow, next level. <laughs> hey, we're not going to guarantee. Like we we you know you might be better at us by then if you keep these private lessons and all that stuff going. <laughs> I'm gonna go broke doing it, but yeah, <laughs> it's my worth only, it though. Yeah, my only goal, you know, is just. Yeah, just to maintain, like the charity is actually for for it's raising money for Max uh, hockey, hockey lessons. It's, it, it has nothing to do with a good cause. It's just yeah, so he yeah. can actually play on the the same line as his son. That's it, man. I got to work my way up. He definitely was not having it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. No, I I I think like you said, right? The greatest thing about hockey and players and similar to musicians and stuff. Uh, which you know, right? We we have no idea, but is the the team, um, you know, the team atmosphere and the camaraderie. And hey, do you mind coming and helping me out? Do you mind coming to do this? Like, you know, Kevin Hayes got married on Sunday, and he's down here in Nantucket with us. You know, today on Wednesday, doing a, a hockey camp with a bunch of little kids. You know what I mean? He's here for a quick twenty four hours, and but like that's that's what you do. That's that that's. That's kind of how we are, right, Mots? Absolutely, yeah. It's just I, I always say, like the sport of hockey lends itself to a certain characteristic, and you know, your son's living it, and you're you're involved in it, and that's it's it's so valuable. Just you know, inside the boards and then outside the rink, you, know, you can apply so many things you learn through the sport. Um, you know, moving forward as a person, so you know, we're, we've been fortunate because we've been in it our whole life, and it's just awesome that you're. You're getting involved and and you're sucked in and and loving it. 
Well, I got to say, you know, the service you guys provide. So I remember we were standing in line getting um, COVID tested, I think, before that game. Yes. Yep. Um, which, again, I'm like a numbskull. You know, I like sneeze all over everybody. I'm just feeling like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is going to be the worst day ever. And then you, Brian, talked to me like you said, you stood next to me. I told Keith this. I was like, you couldn't have been nicer. And it, I, the anxiety went down a little bit. And then you start, you know, I, you're a police officer and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm down. I love the, the, the sacrifice y'all make and I appreciate everything. And then you start telling me about the podcast. Then you tell me the name of it and the concept. And it just, it was like, that's an area that there's not a lot of information for. Um, I could sit there and text Tanner and go, should I do this? Should I do that? But I don't think most ads can do that, right? Right. So to have a resource, I mean, you guys post up some things on there that I've read 50 times in a row because I'm just, a, I'm a hockey dad and, and I'm watching this kid, you know, go through it. And these things are helping me, especially when it came to tryouts. Hmm. Mm. The, the, uh, the way you kind of explain it in a layman's term, so a, like a new hockey dad might understand the when to stress, when not to stress. And I think most of what you do is taking away those stresses. Like, listen, most likely your kid's not going to the NHL. Right. So let's like make this fun. Right. Enjoy. <laughs> and that's what I take from what you guys do. And I, and, but you also service the serious, um, the serious parent and the serious, you know, you also service that, which is great too. But yeah, it was that moment. Um, that I kind of was, again, putting the dots together. What, what draws me into the hockey culture, not only the team effort, uh, the team attitude, it's, it's the grind. So there's no shortcuts in hockey, none. You can't fake it. You can't. Mm, it's right. like it's right there in front of you, no shortcuts. And in music, there really are no shortcuts. You you do hear of people popping off and having a hit and all that stuff, and and that's cool. Um, but then you got to maintain it, and then you got to work backwards from there. So what drew me into the hockey world was uh, those similarities of the grind. You know, when you hear about the guys living with families, uh, juniors, you know, living in families, yeah, you're you're almost forced to be out of your comfort zone, be respectful, respectable. And I think in music, a lot of people have this vision of just like musicians are out of control or, or, you know, partying and all that. And that's all true. But the, the ones that make it last, there's a discipline. Mm -hmm. So when I see that in the family lives of you guys and I see it in the streets and I, and I see the Keith walk into the thing and I'm like, I know that, it's it's all there, but I don't. I just don't know that I see that in many other sports. I'm not saying that there's not a grind to get to the top of any other professional sport because obviously there is. There's no shortcuts there either. But there's something about the hockey culture, and maybe and you would be able to answer this. Do you think it is just the fact that it's just there's just no fake in it? I mean, the work you got to do the work. Well, I, would, I think that's a huge part of it, but then also it's, you know, like a selfless sport and, you know, sometimes like a, like we play D, you know, you're doing some work down behind your goal line and it 
creates an opportunity down the other end in four seconds. You know, it's not unlike an offensive lineman like opening up the hole for, you know, the running back to get the the credit, but but that happens all over the ice. So everyone is is not you're just not pigeonholed to one position. You know, like blocking shots or like it's a game of mistakes. So like your teammate can cover up your mistake and you're still fine. You know, you can have a bad game and still win the game. Whereas like a you know individual sport, you can't necessarily do that. Um, so and I just think the you know rooted you know character people players it just translates to the ice and um for the most part you get real quality people in that locker room and um you know it's that's just the the culture like you're talking about and i love the the locker room uh, dynamic right <laughs> so you you guys talk about and again i'm just talking as a fan but the difference between regular season and playoffs and in the locker room and what you need to go deep into the playoffs extends so far from off the ice into the locker room and you need to have those certain type of you got to have a veteran or two you got to have it you got to have a guy who's going to protect you and then you got to have a locker room guy and if you don't have one of these things you're not going all the way uh deep into the playoffs and i love these sort of uh things y'all bring up because again in a band look if somebody's losing it you're not playing five nights a week Mm-hmm. That's what we got to do to make money out here. You're not playing three mm-hmm. nights. You know, you, I, I need a day off and I need to go. And No, you just play mm-hmm. your show and you do it. And you got to have everyone in the, in the dressing room on the same planet. And I think that that's a very interesting thing. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a team effort. There's no superstars. Like in bands, there'll be a superstar. There'll be someone. But that's that's talked about. You know, uh, managers and things like that will talk about it. And they'll be like, look, we got to put somebody out here in front. And then the roles of everybody else go to support that. It's a decision on it. It's not like somebody stepping out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love the stat. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the Gretzky stat. Right. So if you took away all his goals, he would still be the points leader. Yeah. Which is this. Yeah. I mean, what does that say about that says it all? Right. It's crazy. Uh, pretty pretty great you know it is yeah. amazing um so that connectivity Mark, I, to, I was just gonna yeah. say like just to wrap that up you know like the locker room for us you know that quality locker room it ex, it's an extension of you know you going on the ice and you you know rely on your teammate to do his job and you do yours the best you can very similar to getting on stage you know you have to believe in one another and that connectivity if someone's out of sync you know he's not you know you got you got to pick them up quick because it's not going to sound the same right so you got to have that trust in one another before you even step out on the stage i feel bad for drummers man because like if i mess up a word i can make it up i can kind of shimmy around it but a drummer if you mess up the whole place even the most non-musical person (laughs) in the world will know so they're most often the most solid person in the band. It's very rare you're going to find a drummer who's off the rails, who's like sleeping all day. You can't. You, the drummer you're going to find in a corner working, constantly doing drum warm-ups, constantly. Constantly. Years go on. Happy to the band. Yeah. So was, so was he kind of like the 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 drummer, more like the the goalie that's just dialed in and focused, and maybe like keeps to himself a little bit, like the guy you don't mess with on game day, or, or what? 
goalies. You guys get you know, everyone who says who's a goalie goes, don't let your kid be a goalie. <laughs> yeah. It's you the same thing. So don't let your kid be a drummer. Yeah, right. And drummers will make that same exact joke. You know why? Because they got the drum set. Band practices at their house. They're the ones at the gig who got to load up 50 things. The last person, the lead singers out there talking it up, having a blast. And then the drummer's like picking up this same thing as the goalie. I saw that last week. The poor goalie couldn't even walk through a hallway to get out of the room because he's got so much stuff with him and nobody's moving <laughs> like nobody's helping nothing <laughs> it's your equipment you got to carry it <laughs> oh i learned oh, that too great. i learned that too because you know I, I bought my kid you know uh a couple different things but the bag with the wheels on he's like oh, no that's a no 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 it's a big no no i was like okay noted <laughs> no wheels <laughs> <laughs> no wheel bags, no wheel bags. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of hockey rinks and arenas and stuff, like I want to talk about the coolest place. Like I know you got, I mean, you sold out Madison Square Garden. Like how cool is that? And I, you know, a couple other obviously Red Rocks, like cool venues. And because we do, we have a, a lot of Boston listeners, and and we can talk about August fifteenth soon. Well, again, there's certain cities right where you feel that you know like you know when you go in this is going to be this is going to be my kind of city uh i i, I like it to that when if you know when you guys play in montreal it's they're, they're right on top of you mm -hmm. red rocks is like that mm. you walk into red rocks man i mean it's only 10 11 000, 10 000, but they are right on top of you and the acoustics are probably pretty cool it's it's unbelievable. We we've, we've done it 13 or 14 times and we're doing our our next one next summer and I'm I can't wait for it. It's it's that type of thing. The garden is like that in the sense that the first time you do it I, I don't even remember. I have no I don't know what what happened. I just yeah. it happened. Completely blacked out. Yeah, we were going to film the next one and we made a movie about it cuz we knew we better remember it. You feel that sort of special. And then by the third time, you're like, okay, cool. I know the, the dressing room. I know all this stuff. Red Rocks just keeps giving back. It just keeps giving back to you. The gorge. But Boston is a place that, I mean, it's, it's electric. It's absolutely mm -hmm. electric. And we go in there and we know. I mean, we've walked out of there. We, we make a lot of baseball references, too, in our world about, like, I, I only care about clock management is a huge thing for me. I have a clock. I know what time I want to stop and start and all that. And when I nail it and the crowd's in, I'm like, you know, it's a pitcher through the perfect game, that type of thing. I remember walking out of Boston multiple times feeling like, yeah, no. that, that was the one. And it's, it's mostly thanks to the audience because they're going to give it to you. You have to step up. You, you have to, I don't care if I can't talk, the show's happening. Um, I'm not a cancel show kind of person. I don't. <laughs> don't. Yeah. I, every time I open up Instagram, someone's like, I don't feel good. I'm canceling a tour. I'm like, mm. okay, whatever. No, Boston's not having that. You come out, you play your show. And and so these are the types of things I look That's why to. you and Keith got along, the couple Iron Men, you know? There you uh, go. That, I mean, that accomplishment. How well, he never you... went into the corners, Mark. Uh, well, he took <laughs> off the face, though. He did. I think he, he paid his dues. Yeah. 
That, that was, that's where I just literally threw in the towel. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm never going to be as tough as these guys, no matter how hard I try. Um, but in our world, right, the city will bring it out of you. Boston's, Boston's at the top of that list with New York and Red Rocks and uh, Chicago. Mm. Always, always just brings, brings something special to it. I mean, right now I'm just talking about, I could go on for hours about this stuff. Yeah. Um, Mots, actually, before we talk about that, so Mots, you went to a concert, what, a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah. And Mots brought this up to me. I don't know if it was on the pod or off air, but he was talking about the, like, the finale. And yeah, this is great. So Mots, uh, why don't you ask the question? Yeah. I mean, so here's is our there... guy. This is, this is the time. Yeah. So you go to a show. What is the kind of like the premise? Or is this one well, time? Protocol. Did, yeah. But, you know, to do like a, an encore, like everyone knows you're coming back out. What about <laughs> just playing all the way through and not having that like dramatic, like, you know, stage, you know, exit. And then, you, come back on, you know, it's uh, just kind of like ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous. Um, we very rarely do that. And when we do it, it's pretty much because like we, we don't know if they want another one or not. We don't okay. do, we never write it in. It makes me nuts. Again, clock management. Like I have a clock in front of me. I know 11 o'clock is the curfew. I'm, our set list change every day. My goal is to get it at 11 on the dot on the second. That's like my game in my head. Mm-hmm. If I'm walking off the stage for seven minutes, Right. Who paid for that? You know, mm-hmm. um, I get why people do it at large things to build that excitement. Like, yes, we did it last week because we needed to bring 50 people on stage. We have to move equipment, crews. That's what they use it for. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't really do that. But when we do, it's it's out of necessity. It's never for uh, some sort of <laughs> give me more claps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I It makes me a little... A little nuts like you know at 11 o'clock you're good if you go over by 11.05 like you're paying x amount of dollars per sure. minute and if you're okay with that and you want to do that that's totally cool um but for us i'm with you i'd rather just play the show and then when it's over it's over and everyone can go home yeah. because then it messes with your like your plan like oh should I leave now? <laughs> That's what, you're yeah. thinking traffic. Oh, I've seen audience. I've seen bands be, you know, it's encore time. And then, you know, 3000 people are like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to be careful with that, but I'm with you play to the end, you know? Yeah. I, uh, you know, like you were saying yeah, about is. playing a, being a professional athlete or a hockey or, and, and, you know, so I was playing in the minors and I was like, if I could do anything else, I would want to be a rock star. So I picked up to the guitar and, you know, tried to work at it and fingers bleeding. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, a very eye-opening thing. My, my uncle made three albums with John Lennon after the Beatles broke up. And so I, think, right yeah, <laughs> I figured it was in me, in me somewhere. But when you're tone yeah. deaf and have no rhythm, you know, you, you get you get caught on a lot of plateaus. Let's just say that you can't break through. But um, okay, we, what know, about some, a lesson trade here? Yeah. We could we, do we, some bartering here, some, hockey some lessons services. for some. There you go. I'll I'll take that all day, man, all <laughs> day. Because all I learned when I started playing guitar was, you know, that famous quote, three chords and the truth or whatever. Yeah. Four chords. I don't know which one it was. I only knew three. 
and I took those three chords and I made a thousand songs, right? So it's easy for me to teach somebody to play. The question is, are you going to play until your hand stops hurting? Are you going to play until da 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 da? And then, then you can be the dude or the girl who's sitting in the locker room, grab the guitar and play, you know, the songs they want to hear. Like, that's fun. I always see on the internet, they make fun of the guy who's got the acoustic guitar at the, uh, at the bonfire. But you know, that was me. (laughs) And um, if you know enough songs, they'll stop making fun of you, you know? So I would take you going. Yeah. We can work on our foundations together. That's right. That's right. I've offered this, you know, I've, I've tried to get Hazy to play. He's got a guitar of mine. I don't know where it is now, but I know it's out there somewhere. I know Brady <laughs> plays a little bit. Um, I know uh, Zach, Zach Dalpy. I, I sat with him and played a little guitar. Um, cool. That thing comes in handy when you're traveling around doing what you guys did. I mean, especially, right? A lot of bus rides. Yeah. A lot of yeah. downtime. A lot of downtime, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Well, August 15th with the, so, so can you explain, you know, where is everything like that and, and, and who you're going to be performing with uh, in Boston coming up and, and also the tour? Yeah. So basically what we're doing the last two years, I was in the studio. I have a, a, a studio and uh, Resnick was, was there too. So we were in the same studio for like two years, just making, he was making an album. I was making an album. We, made songs together. We just were, I, I realized I really like this person, you know, and um, I want to go on tour and support this band that uh, has a lot of hit. I mean, when you really sit there, it's just going to be hit after hit after hit and they work really hard and we hit it off. So we started planning this tour about a year and a half ago, probably before even our last, my last tour with dispatch, which we had planned for two years prior to that. Right. So we knew we were going to do it. We set it up so we go out just the two bands. We do about 40 shows. We're going to play a full set. They're going to play a full set right after. And uh, we're going to play a song at the end together. And it's going to be a night. We call it the big night out because, honestly, we just want people to come have fun. I mean, I'm all for I'm all for people, uh, you know, using these platforms to raise awareness and do good things. Personally, my platform for the next three months is come have a great time and feel good and go home smiling and party a little bit and bring the kids. Right. So that's what this tour is all about. And then when that's over, we go into our uh, festival, the Ocean's Calling Festival, which we um, built with our partners at C3, which is in Ocean City, Maryland, for three days with uh, John Mayer and Alanis, Jack Johnson. uh, um, Wow so many major artists i'm like blanking on it right now but a huge a huge weekend noah khan um all kinds of folks so we roll into that and then we'll start doing the next summer tour it's just the Mm -hmm. type of thing we're trying to do every year a big tour in the summer do the festival in the fall and then the rest of the year i'll be training uh to be in my 40 44u uh hockey team (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, Mott, again, so that, you know, August 15th, obviously in Boston at the Lita Bank Pavilion down the seaport, which is just an awesome place. I don't know if you played there. So it's OAR and the Goo Goo Dolls and just like an awesome, like you said, come have a good time. Like you can't have a bad time at that place. Yeah, I, I, I saw you guys there about 20 years ago. Yeah. The place is wild. 
They changed it's the name. Changed, of it's changed yeah. names thirty times in those twenty years. It's I don't I have I have no clue what it's called. You just said it, and I don't even know. Yeah. But yeah. I was in the seaport two nights ago, three nights ago. I <clears throat> I was trying to get to you uh, out there. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm about to get on a seaplane. I'm like, how did I end up? What am I doing? Like, <laughs> I was coming from Ohio. I I was I missed the dang plane, so I just sat in the seaport, and I could not believe how nice. Like how nice people were just yeah. the time it was Friday night, yeah. 6 p.m. So going out there for a concert, I think, is is a is, is just like a, it's a knockout. It's going to be a good time. Um, Boston always delivers every time. Right. Yeah. Right. No, but y'all, your resource is huge. I try to like tell you it's it's you're you're there for so many lost dads and, and, and moms. Moms work much harder than dads, but I'm talking about my experience. If I can help get as many of these dads to, to understand that we are passengers in this kid's hockey life. We might be driving the car every weekend, but we are passengers in that thing. And you guys have really put perspective, like gave me a little bit of a, a visual of that because it's hard when you're in New York area, a lot of lot of people doing this on the glass and i don't i don't know what what they're doing because i look at them I'm like i don't think they know how to skate <laughs> so yeah. yeah like tana said you keep doing you mark you'll be fine yeah yeah he also said when he he said keep your butt down when you're skating bend your knees yeah. oh that's great well this uh this has been great mark you you've been so generous with your time uh again august 15th We'll keep pumping that out. We're looking forward to a great night out. And uh, I mean, this is fantastic. And we really appreciate Like, I can't thank you enough for your support. Like you said, uh, there's a lot of, you know, it, it's great. Um, it's great to hear, right, Mots? Like that that people are listening and people are using us as a resource because ultimately that's that's the goal of this thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, we, you know, we talk about a lot. It's like our opinion on a lot of stuff, but, you know, some – you know, different stages of the developmental path where, you know, Bri's going through it with his boys, you know, going through it with my son and my daughter and, you know, just really kind of keeping your eyes and ears open to like what's important. And if someone hasn't been through it, then they can use this as a resource. So it's, it's been very rewarding that way. And we appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and talking, talking us up about, about it. Oh yeah. No, it's huge. It's hugely important. I mean, it's so needed, you know, you know, firsthand better than I do. Uh, way better than I do the, the realities of youth hockey and the realities of the challenges that these kids are going through quietly because they don't probably most of them don't speak up about it. Right. But, mm -hmm. but if you're getting to the parent, then they, then they're not delivering those anxieties to these kids. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and the kids don't have to speak up. It's brilliant. Um, keep on rolling and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I, I appreciate the time and letting me talk about the music stuff. Cause, uh, I don't really do, you know, interviews and stuff talking about it at this length. Yeah. So I appreciate that opportunity. It's, um, it, I do see a lot of the similarities between the two worlds and, uh, and it's just making it a lot more fun for me to combine them and, try to create these moments where I can go out there and uh, screw around a little bit on the ice. It's been great. That's, That's awesome. good stuff, Mark. Awesome. 
Well, we'll mark the calendars for next year and, and we'll do, you know, do something live in person. Let Just let us know. We'll, we'll rally the train. We'll have a, uh, a going from Boston. Bro, I got you. I will. You, it'll be the easiest everything. You guys, will, all you got to do is show up and it's going to be the best. I cannot wait. I got to mic everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. With a good uh, editing team. Hey, yeah. we'll just see. I, like, I don't know if I want to plan on Hudson's line or yours, though. I, I'll tell you, I keep it fun. I, <laughs> I, I, I'll ask you if you want to go like every three minutes, even if you're on my team. Yeah. <laughs> I only go three or four chirps, too. So you're just going to you're going to have to just laugh it off and just play along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you again. Enjoy. Good luck with the tour. Uh, this has been fantastic. I'll tell we'll tell all the boys there in Boston and Nantucket you said hello. Please do. Please do. And I'll, uh, I'll tell the band that uh, they got friends in you guys and we'd love to host you out in Boston when we get there. Um, we should grab grab some food and hang. That'd be oh, great. We will. we will for sure. Awesome. Thank you. All right, thanks, my man. All right. See ya. Later, guys. That interview was also brought to you by Sparks. Sparks is the at-home or on-the-road skate sharpening machine. Head on over to SparksHockey.com and use BY Mods for $50 off your Sparks sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate sharpening machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. Yeah, obviously Sparks, uh, you know, I buzzed the skates before. I didn't bring it over. Uh, the car was a little bit too packed as, as we shipped it over. But, um, you know, I made sure I had a good edge on my wheels because I, I knew I was going to be doing a ton of demonstrating. And uh, and that's what I do, especially for this camp this week. I needed to make sure that the, the edges were taken care of as well as the kids. And, and that's what we do, the at-home skate shopping machine that never fails. Um, Mott's obviously great interview with Mark Roberge. He, you know, great guy. Uh, hockey dad, you know, famous musician, but just a down to earth guy. And, and I love his, his, uh, you know, outlook on, on everything. Yeah. Awesome guy. And I love their music. I've been listening to it for over 20 years myself and, you know, they've evolved and I really enjoyed like talking to him about, you know, just that organic and like they believed in what they were doing and their boys, you know, they have best friends from growing up and the, um, the reference to the Goonies, you know, I, I love yeah. that movie. It's like one of my favorites. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> just being able to do it with your friends and do something that you love. But building that foundation, you know, we talk about that stuff with hockey. Building it, you can never be too good of a skater. You know, like he's always perfecting his craft, you know. So the crossovers were really unique and, and interesting to, to listen to. Um, but do you think he could sing? Uh, do you think he could sing a couple lines from a song for me? Me? Yeah, you have the better uh, voice. No, I definitely can't right now. I, I was yelling all morning at at, at camp. You know, uh, I don't hey, want to. Like Mark said, I don't what, show, what are you canceling the show? Are you canceling the show right now? No, I don't want to show Mark up. Oh, you know what it. I mean? Like people are going to be wanting to listen to his music. If they start hearing me, they're going to be like, oh, B.Y., you actually should have been the singer in this group. Oh. Uh, you you should have been. So, so I'm going to save it, and I'll do it another time. Uh, right. If you go to the show down the seaport, yeah. On August fifteenth, you will hear me singing quite a bit of songs, though. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, and like I was saying, they they've evolved, and you know, their writing and their you know their <clears throat> their style a bit. You know, it's still staying true to what they 
what they uh, you know originally were, but we were listening to it in the locker room all the time. Um, you know, that Shattered song was like a huge yeah. hit. Uh, Turn the car around. Um, when I was with the Devils, I was definitely uh, one of the early songs in the playlist, uh, you know, during the game. So it was, uh, it was just great to catch up with them and really good guy. And, you know, definitely looking forward to that show for sure. No, it's a, it'll be a blast. And and like I said, the the similarities, the crossover between hockey and team and those guys being together and being a, a unit. And I'm sure there's been, it, it, there's been highs and lows like there there isn't any team, right? And But to be able to do it and do it together for over 20 years and still at it, still grinding away, They're, you know, he's 44 years old. He sounds amazing. And what I really like about him, though, is he talks about his family and all the – and, you know – not just his family, but the band, like everybody, their family and all the sacrifices that everybody made. And, you know, my number one, uh, you know, thing in my car is like the, the, the Pandora, the OAR radio. Right. And mm -hmm. I just listen to it. So it's constantly playing different songs and they, um, you know, he talks about family and the sacrifices everybody made and their friends and support. And he talked about in the interview, they, they had some tragedies early on in their life with, with, with young friends and he'll bring those things up and, and, you know, how his team of the band members like stayed together and, um, you know, and, and just worked. And it, I, I just, I really enjoy it. Uh, great guy. And I love that where influence him, uh, influence and Mark and, and, you know, being a good, positive hockey parent like you know hey we're influencing somebody which i think is pretty cool yeah just being a resource and i love that he's you know putting the time in and the work in too to just you know skating some of these cool charity games and you know he, he was you know kind of a huge part of like his idea right. but um but he's, he's gonna see the results keep putting the work in and you know be able to play with his son hopefully someday on his line but um yeah good great dude i love that yeah um Hudson, it, it right? sounds like uh, he's like yeah am i on your line like yeah, like dad come on hey, why don't you take why don't you sit this one down exactly oh that's <laughs> great that's great um all right well let's talk about the uh my hockey rankings question of the week myhockeyrankings.com i know that, that i'm looking forward to catching up with those guys in boston soon uh but mott's his the question uh would you rather a referee a youth hockey tournament or b be the hockey tournament director is there a c option no like, I, I is there a c like none of the above yeah you know what i mean um i think i would i would be the referee if i had to choose one of these a or b a referee uh a youth hockey tournament and just i mean personally like i you know, you just try to do your best and, you know, kind of block out the noise if there's some nonsense parents, right? And you're making a couple right. bucks. As yeah, kid, you're making a couple bucks. You know. It's a, at the end of the day, it's it's more or less a lose-lose situation. <laughs> um, referee, the only good thing about the referee is I guess you can just, you know, hopefully do a good job, be on the ice, uh, make a couple bucks, and then you don't have to worry about anything else. You basically just show up at your times. Mm -hmm. Where if you're a hockey tournament director, you maybe you're, you're going to make a little bit more money than the referee, maybe a lot more money, but you're going to deal with a lot more headaches, um, parents complaining, scheduling issues, this team's arriving at this certain date and time and things like that. So, uh, again, two jobs that are are, are very challenging. 
I think I would go with referee as well. Um, unless I had a heck of a staff around me that, that can kind of alleviate some, some headaches. Cause you just, you're, you're a punching bag. Um, when you are a hockey tournament director, it's just tough. I've, I've done it. I've, I've had teams in it's, it, it's definitely not easy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of picking the lesser of the two evils, I guess. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Um, we did have a uh, a big news out of U- University of Vermont. Obviously, the coaches, uh, yeah, the the coach was fired this week for sending inappropriate uh, text messages, from what we heard. So, um, you know, Todd Woodcraft, who's obviously a you know big hockey family and things like that. We don't know enough about the story. Um, obviously, he had been up there for for a couple, mm, excuse me, couple of seasons, and uh, and and trying to turn the program around. Obviously, Jay Woodcroft is a uh, you know head coach over with the the Edmonton Oilers. So, and uh, and this is his brother who was up at UVM. He was an assistant. I know Hazy had him um, up in Winnipeg. So, a uh, you know and, and liked him and spoke highly of him. So very uh, you know kind of a strange situation, and uh, you know. Again, just uh, not not a great look, but we want to touch on it. And uh, again, Mots, you don't know a ton about it. Do you? I I really don't know much uh, other than it was just you know basically announced what yesterday. Yeah, no, and it's it's just an unfortunate situation. Um, Steve uh, Wildler is going to be named interim head coach for the upcoming season. Um, <clears throat> it just goes to show, like you just have to conduct yourself uh, appropriately at all times, especially if you're in a leadership role um so we don't know much but kind of a tough spot for todd and uh the program you know he's gaining some traction with you know some recruits and stuff and had a pipeline over in sweden and some european countries so like they they are heavily uh you know loaded up on some Europeans. so we'll see uh, how it all shakes out but kind of a tough spot yeah and we don't know enough about it to really you know comment too too much about it i don't know todd woodcraft from a hole in the wall uh, other than just what I've observed from afar. So, uh, and, and I don't know the extent or who these text messages were sent to, uh, nor does Mott. So, um, you know, tough situation for everybody that's involved and, and, you know, you don't like to see that stuff, but um, you know, again, don't want to end this uh, episode on a down note. It's been a great week. It's been a great episode. It was great chatting with, uh, with, with Mark uh, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed that that interview. He uh, he really is a class act, and uh, you know, great you know, classy hockey dad. Everybody should be watching him. Right, not banging on the glass, and uh, he's he's working on his knee bend in his in his own game. So all yeah. good. Keep exactly. it up, man. He's he's taking matters into his own hand. And I know you know back in my day when I was down in Atlanta, I'd used to do a lot of private lessons, and a lot of them would uh, there was a handful of people that it would be a father son duo. Mm. Like I would have, you know, the son that was seven, eight years old that was really getting into it. And then the dad that really didn't know much about the game, um, you know, maybe worked at whatever he did for a job and just was like, hey, I want to learn, too, so that I can kind of talk him through certain things. So I used to do a lot of private lessons like that, uh, you know, before school, before work. And it was it was actually pretty cool. So. Uh, I know Mark was a little late to the game. I'm sure his son's uh, skating circles around him, right? <laughs> but um, it's a, uh, a it is cool, and I love that 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 he's he's doing it on his own. But Mots, I think it's time for me to uh, you know hit one of these fancy beaches down here in 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 Nantucket, get a little sun, so I come back uh, all bronzed up for you. Yeah, 
You know, just go uh, tap off down the beach, maybe throw a little football around. Oh, know, yeah. A couple diving yeah. diving catches into the water. Exactly. I forgot to bring it up, too. The uh, the kids did the Saturday. My boys and uh, Keith's girls did a surf lesson at mm. this place, surf camp over here on Nobadir Beach. Uh, unbelievable. You should have seen it. It was it was amazing to watch. Uh, I almost wanted to get out there myself, but that would have been really embarrassing. And uh, but it, yeah, the five of them were out doing surf, uh, you know, surf camp, and uh, they had some great instructors and and guys that really helped them out. And you know, they were able to get up on the board each each of them. It was it was really cool and some uh, some some pretty cool you know great memories, right? Like and that's what it's all about. So kids will remember this stuff forever. So. Great episode. Uh, it was good chatting with you. Uh, get the foot ferry ticket booked, kid, and uh, we'll just write it off. It is what it is, and uh, we'll see you over here in the next couple of days. Thanks to everybody for listening. Again, thanks to Mark to, uh, for jumping on the pod. Mark, you got anything else? No, it was that was a lot of fun chatting chatting with him, and I'll uh, see what I can do to uh, come down and hop on the ice and uh, enjoy ourselves down in, in Nantucket. Yeah, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. kids. It's all for the kids. Uh, All right, Jersey. Time to cue the ring shuffle, buddy.